there are vehicles out there that you could invest in with like as little as five thousand dollars you put some away and you're you're putting money towards a fund that focuses on real estate and gives you great returns and then you slowly build up like i think the big thing is it's it's like it's the the old adage that in everything right you always think you can do you underestimate what you can do in the long term and you overestimate what you can do in the the short term, term right so just think it's a long game Hello, everyone. It's Jordan Boxer, your host of Leaders in Sport, a podcast brought to you by Designs for Sport, which is an industry-leading supplement company with all NSF for Sport supplements and education gear to help elevate the industry and support fit pros. Hello, everyone. It is Jordan Boxer, your host of Leaders in Sport. And today, I met with Roger Nahas. Hi, Roger. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm a little exhausted, but I'm good. I traveled a lot. So um, I was telling the last guest, like, I keep going to different regions getting allergies. It's like I've had seasonal allergies like 10 times this year because I have to adjust to every place I go. Um, So when we first met, you were a strength coach trainer. You had an in-person gym. Two locations? When did we meet? Were you around when when we had the outdoor boot camps? Yeah. Okay, so... We had the outdoor boot camps, uh, and that was that would have been eight locations, and then we they were sort of neighborhood based, and then we consolidated those into an in person facility at King at King yeah. and Bathurst. And you had a place in Eglinton, didn't you? Uh, no, oh no, I thought you that did. was an outdoor oh, location. Was it? Okay. Yeah, and yeah, so that's we consolidated it and uh, went in person. Okay, and. Um, but you've evolved a bit since because COVID hit, in-person was impossible. So I think you moved more to online training. But one reason I wanted to bring you on is, which might seem weird in this podcast, but uh, now you do, you help people with wealth building. Yeah. I mean, I, in, I have basically, well, during COVID in Ontario, it was really tough for the fitness industry. So we shut down our gym, we moved online. And then um, our business was sort of, men, women, general population. And we decided that my wife and I ran the business together and we decided that we wanted to go a little bit more niche. Uh, so she um, opened up a women's coaching program. Okay. Um, not really on the fitness side anymore, more like life coaching. She's uh, helping women, who you know, entrepreneurial women. And I decided to open up a men's coaching program because it was something that I had been wanting to do for a long time. And so... That incorporates the fitness, the uh, nutrition, but it also incorporates uh, family, uh, wealth generation, so finances, uh, and essentially to help people live a life of fulfillment. Yeah, and I think this is actually really important to a lot of the, uh, like I think anyone can benefit from it, but the personal trainers who are, who are you or who you were... <laughs> couple of years ago, like successful in-person gym, or you had your outdoor boot camps, like business is going well, COVID hit, sidewalled them, and understanding the importance of, a, you know, being an entrepreneur, how to wealth plan and build that part into their life. Because no one teaches trainers this really. Like, you know, you can make, even guys, let's say you're making $350 an hour. If you can't do the hour or you decide you don't want to do the hour, you have no more income. Exactly. So setting your life up in a way where you have these other avenues i guess yeah i mean the nobody goes into personal training to get rich they're doing it because 
they have a passion for helping people, right? And they, a lot of the times they sacrifice their own bodies, their own health um, to do what they're doing because it is a tough gig. But, you know, as you get uh, more experienced in your training, you start making more money. Um, it, it's important to plan because we don't have any sort of pension plan. We don't have any retirement. So it's all on us. So mm-hmm. uh, it is really important to, uh, I like to call it delayed gratification. So in the personal industry, in the personal training industry, you're, uh, you know, you've got to look a certain way. You, you, sometimes they're trying to be something they're not, and they're spending more than they should be, and they're not putting away for a rainy day. So uh, delayed gratification, live live within your means, save a bunch, and you can put that towards a lot of a lot of different things. Like I focus on real estate uh, because I think real estate is a really easy way to build generational wealth. And uh, it can be daunting to get in, but there's a lot of ways you can get into real estate um, with joint ventures and partnerships and mm-hmm. whatnot. Like, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I love real estate as a as an investment vehicle, and for personal trainers, I think anybody in the fitness industry, it's you know, what's the average income for a for a personal trainer is I like under thirty thousand dollars. I think no. the average because there's a lot of people part time. But lot. let's say if you're like a full time coach, yeah, I mean, even if you're charging a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars an hour, you're trading time for dollars, really. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if you you don't. When you take a vacation, you're not getting any sort of vacation pay. So it's even if you're making $100,000 a year, which for a lot of personal trainers, that's decent. Um, you know, they'll, they're living at $120,000 a year, unfortunately. Yeah. So what would be your advice? Um, like, I, you know, I read this book, The Wealthy Barber, years yeah. ago, right? It was like put away 10% or something or 20%. Yeah. I don't know if that still applies right now, um, if you need to put away more. But what would you say, you know, a trainer who uh, they're doing decently well, um, they got a decent book of business, they finally have sort of made a good living. How do you play percentages out? I know this, by the way, it's not financial advice or whatever disclaimer we need to put, (laughs) but like, you know, um, first, because I think what's good is you were in their boat for so many years. Like how long were you a strength coach? I mean, I started training in in 2000, so <laughs> yeah. 23 years. Right, yeah. So you've yeah. been in the game for a while. You learned under Paul Check. You learned under Paul O'Quinn. You were sort of in that boat. Um, but yeah, like what advice would you give to trainers? Like what should they be putting away into other investment vehicles? I mean, it really depends on the person. I think I like to be aggressive, especially when you're when – you're, young and you don't have as much responsibilities like live well below your means i mean when i was first uh when i was first training i rented a place that was i mean at the time it was like let's say sixteen hundred dollars for a three bedroom (laughs) okay three bedroom place and it had a basement and um over time i eventually started to rent out the other rooms and i moved into the basement and I was paying no rent. So that's like a form of house hacking is what they call it. Right. So you can, you can figure out ways to live below your means and just, I think you want to store away as much as possible uh, when you can. Um, 
you know, there's not, I think 30% of your income is not that hard to do if you just do the things you need to do, like not buy a Starbucks every day and eat out. Every <laughs> you see that meal. meme? That meme's like, um, like the older generation's like, oh, you can't afford a house because you don't buy a Star, you yeah. know? When it's like, hey, it's 500 bucks a year or whatever it is. No, I yeah. get it. I get it. But all those things add up, right? Yeah. Like you have people who are, living on credit right now because they're not making like it's tough but i think that you know there there are some right now the real estate in toronto especially is like astronomical Mm -hmm. and a lot of people think it's sort of out of reach but there are vehicles out there that you could invest in with like as little as five thousand dollars you put some away and you're you're putting money towards a fund that focuses on real estate and gives you great returns and then you slowly build up like I think the big thing is it's it's like it's the the old adage that in everything, right? You always think you can do you underestimate what you can do in the long term and you overestimate what you can you do, do in the short, short term, term, right? So just think it's a long game. Do you wish when you started out your business like did you always think like this or was this a um something you evolved into? No, it was you? definitely something I evolved into. I mean first time making money when i when i first started training i was uh i was pretty successful but at the time like the gym that i was working at it was called sports clubs of canada i was charging 50 dollars an hour for personal training and i was getting 29 of it uh so it wasn't a lot of money but it was decent because i was single i had didn't have very much expenses i always i was eating healthy so i was making all my food um so i was able to save money um but as I got older and as I saw uh, what was happening in the real estate market, and I missed a lot of opportunities I wanted to buy when I first moved here. And, uh, you know, it's funny when you listen to, I, I always think it's important to listen to the older generation because yeah. they've been in it. But they, uh, uh, m- my father was like, oh, there's no way that it, like, these prices are crazy. There's no way they can last this long. They're going to go down any day now. And that was, you know, you could have bought a place for 200000 That's worth about a million and a half now. So I, I regret that, but you can't, you can't like focus on the past. You just got to focus on the future. Yeah. And I think, you know, this, even let's say real estate aside, one thing you always did was set up multiple income streams. Like I remember we would come and do lectures to your gym base on like the importance of supplements and you had a really cleaned up version of your supplement business. And yeah, so absolutely. like, you know, it's, it's, if you can go that a bit, because I think coaches sometimes have a resistance to selling anything outside of coaching. And especially as a business owner, it's like you're looking for multiple revenue streams. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, as when we were doing the personal training and even when we had the, the fitness uh, studio, you know, you're always recommending supplements to people. Why send them to GNC or something where they're going to get garbage quality supplements when you can sell something yourself and make a bit of profit like i don't i don't i've never understood this idea that you don't want to sell you're selling yourself all the time so why not sell the supplement so that that can you know they're already coming to you for the Mm -hmm. knowledge you have the knowledge give it to them and you make you sell your supplements and that can easily add and and you know they want you to do it they they want a lot of the times i remember when I first started, I would send them away and they would ask me, why don't you sell this stuff? So 
your clients are not going to get upset at you. They're not going to think you're selling them something. They, they're coming to you for your knowledge. They trust you. You're like a trusted advisor. So they're more likely to buy from you. And why not, if you're recommending it, why not make some money off of mm-hmm. it? So you get your supplements going. You, we, the way we did it is we had sort of a, a supplement. Uh, we had three different tiers of supplements. So it was like your bare essentials that we think you need, like your must-haves. Then this will take you to the next level. You sort of you know. yeah. We build a bunch of buckets. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, and I think what happens then it, it took because you had a decent amount of clients at that point. Yeah. So if you had to like individualize every single bucket, too much work. Yeah. So, um, you know, we try making it a lot easier at designs for sport. We have something called the Power Pack. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like two fish oil, two Maltese, vitamin D, magnesium. And the idea actually was like, hey, just take a one. It's seen as a one a day. It's like this easy, simple packet. Yeah. I know a lot of people are doing packets, but high quality supplements, easy to take one a day and people are compliant. And like, you know, you sell 30 or 40 of those a month. It's a good income stream for yourself as a coach. And then you can take that income and throw it into these type of investment vehicles that you're talking about. Yeah. And then it just like, it keeps building. Absolutely. And you know, the, the power pack is a genius because the one thing, because when we would sell supplements, we would sell them on a subscription model because we would sell whatever you're going to need for the month. And then it auto subscribes because we know that you need to do it every month. And so it was like a recurring uh, business model. But the one thing was that you have a hard time with compliance because oh i took it in the morning i didn't take it in yeah night. yeah or i still have like a half a month supply of this because i forgot to take it for half a month but when you have that power pack it's like all taking it at once so that's it's actually going to help with the yeah. appearance for sure yeah we don't have it in canada actually i don't think we can bring it to canada because yeah. of vitamin d there's three thousand i use it or four thousand i use of vitamin d yeah so you can't have it in canada because canada's the worst <laughs> well we, we won't yeah <laughs> um so yeah. And it's, you know, it's, I know this is a little different than the training we talk about, but it's like people can train. I think it'll make somebody a better trainer if they have these principles set up because it's like when you're not worried about like rent on yourself or your mortgage payments and like you're starting to build these things, you can be a lot more dialed in. Like you said, no one really gets into personal training for, um, to become rich. You know, you can make a good living and start to build wealth outside of the personal training. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that sometimes you, be, I mean, listen, we don't get into it solely for the money, but every, unfortunately, money runs the world. So we need to make money to survive, right? And I think that a lot of times trainers will compromise on their values and they will take on a client that drains them and takes a lot out of them and eventually it affects them, right? So if you have this ability to make money without needing to take on these type of clients that you don't necessarily want through supplemental income like the supplements um, then it allows you to pick the type of clients you want to work with which creates longevity in your career right Mm -hmm. yeah and then you're a happier person your family's going to be happier this is why it's like it's something I wish we learned more in school, but they don't really teach us. I wish I learned it younger in life. Like I started maybe figuring it out the last couple of years, but like, yeah. you're right. When you start making money, when you're younger, you're living even five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars outside your means every single year, yeah. which is not that quick. It's not that hard to spend. That's going out for dinner every night yeah, or exactly. yeah, it's like, and it's like, you're tired as a coach. I'll just go grab a bite to eat. Like it's the only 
when you're young and you're in in the training business especially i think the only expense that i feel is okay is education on yourself right spend a, you should put a certain amount of money away for to better yourself because that's going to help your future mm-hmm. earning ability um and then everything else is what like your rent your food a little bit of a budget for going out but then everything else you should just be saving away so that you can get into these investment opportunities because like i said we don't have you know you work for the government you're going to get a pension that is pretty nice we have nothing and a lot of the times trainers they're working hard and then they abuse their body because they've like you know they're burning the candle at both ends and then that in the long term limits their ability to make the money they want when maybe their earning potential is higher yeah and yeah we don't want to put a grave thing out there but you're right like they don't there is no pension no so you know how old are you now i'm 45 so for the coaches there in their 30s who feel amazing like because you did grind really hard yeah i was working a lot i mean we would and listen i i i did pay the price for it right um but i was working seven in the morning till seven at night uh you know you take clients when you can i was we were i was still doing personal training while we were opening up the 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 boot camp so Mm -hmm. we were doing both of those um so like yeah i was burning the candle at both ends and then i got into adrenal fatigue and uh that affected my ability to to not only train as much as i would like but i was enjoying it less because it was all about the money versus about really yeah and you know we uh, this this theme keeps coming up like mission-based business versus profit-based business and like mission-based businesses you know when I, because I do some coaching now on the side, I, I try to get people to understand they're seeing you stress and distress. Mm-hmm. So you stress is something you really enjoy. Distress is something that causes you distress. You don't enjoy it. Yeah. They're both stresses on the body, but you stress can fuel us in a totally different way. And, you know, if you love coaching, it's great. But at a certain point, if your adrenals burn out, that you stress will turn into distress. And then... Yeah. You're not going to be as present on your job. Your results are going to go down with your clients. You're going to start, you know, being bitter towards, oh, coffee number two. Great. <laughs> this was so good. And we have a, we have a great producer here. Thank you. Or how do I say thank you? Uh, obrigado. Yeah, see. Um, so you, yeah. And it's like, I just lost my thought because of coffee. <laughs> what was I saying? I was ranting. talking about the you stress versus Yeah, so it's it can be a cycle of a downward cycle. Yeah, absolutely. And then as you said, like you, you you might burn out at 35 and then what happens to your earning potential? What happens when you hate getting up for the day and you hate doing your job and versus like being in a good place enjoying what you're doing? Absolutely. I mean, like I said, you will even if you're grinding, your clients will ultimately get worse results if you're not if you're sort of burnt out Mm -hmm. uh, and not enjoying what you're doing. Which is why it's like, I do believe this idea of like finding wealth outside of your job is crucially important. Yeah. Because then it gives you the power to only decide to do what you want to do versus what you think you have to. Because when you said you're doing it just for the money, it's like, it's a, this cycle. Yep. Whereas let's say you have an extra thousand, you built an extra thousand or $2,000 a month coming in from other sources that's an extra, even at $100 an hour, that's 20 hours you don't have to work now if exactly. you decide not to because you exactly. have the income coming in. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, to be honest with you, I think trainers have a great vehicle where they can 
you know, create some residual income or um, earn more per hour if they are working, right? Mm -hmm. So there's like the, the, you can do your in-person, you can do online, you can do nutrition coaching. Group courses. Because you did a lot of group stuff too, right? Yeah, we did a lot of group stuff. um, uh, And and then the supplements and all of those things are vehicles to make money in your job, but then taking a portion of that and having some investments that are making you money passively or semi-passively without taking up your time so that you have less stress and less like then it becomes less about the money and more about the clients and ultimately you get more results and you find love again so when you um yeah the find love again that's important it's funny like because we can all burn out especially like i've been there i have the comp gene which is like i don't know if you've ever done your genetics i no, produce I, I have high dopamine with low half-life Okay. So I'm motivated yeah. and I'm always depressed. So it's like, <laughs> it drives people insane that I work with. Cause it's just like, I get it. It's like the next hit that I need the next hit. I got to keep yeah. pushing and you know, but when I'm in a flow state and I'm really liking what I'm doing, I can create way more. Yeah, absolutely. But then when that stress is there, it's like, it shuts down. Yeah, for sure. Like you, it's very hard to get into that peak state or that flow state mm-hmm. when you are, worrying about where your next dollar's coming from, where your next, like, how are you going to pay for rent? Or like, oh, this client canceled on me and uh, I'm not going to be able to make rent this week because like I've lost this client. And well, it's and like, it's also hard. You're putting your trust in somebody who's going to do something that's innate, innately hard and they don't want to do it. Yeah. Because how many times do people are like... Listen, it is way easier to sell somebody supplements than it is to get them to spend an hour in a gym three times a week. So... When you were setting up your group, do you mind sharing numbers of like, uh, like, um, cause I think we've had a few people on here discuss it, but I don't think people are actually understanding the difference between like an effective group program versus one-on-one training. Cause you can still produce good results. Yeah. I mean, so we had two different streams. We had like small group training and then we had our boot camp classes and our boot camp class, our small group training was like six people at a time. Uh, and our boot camp classes were, 30 people, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, 27 people at, at the most in a class. And our group pro- programming was different. It wasn't like the F45 styles. So, because we had we had cable systems and we had squat racks. Uh, yeah, you guys had like a full gym. Yeah, a full yeah. gym. And so we were doing programming with all of our clients. So we would do strength testing days where we knew what their one rep maxes were for the different uh, lifts. And they would come in knowing what they had to do and there was a progression of every week they had to go up so you can still monitor that we had two trainers managing uh, 27 people looking at uh, what they're doing and obviously there's some exercises that are going to need more attention than others and you are uh you know you're getting that they're getting that group training but individualized atmosphere and at a group training cost because it's less costly uh but they're getting that personalization as well but so what were you charging for group training so we would charge, um, we had about, uh, it was about $300 a month for the group train, like the, the, that was be, just being part of a boot camp. So that was, was for the, time, but that was the 27 people, right? That was 27 people. Right. So it was 300 a month. Uh, semi-private, which was a small group training, was uh, I think 600 a month, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And then the one-on-one training was uh, 1500 a month. Right. So what you've now created are, and even though it's the same thing, 
it's three different revenue streams. Absolutely. Because like you're going to have a client who can afford the 1500 then you're going to have a client who can't, but they want to have some better results in the bootcamp results so they can afford the 600 And then you're going to have a client who can't afford either, but they want to do the bootcamp for 300 So it's like you scale it, but you have 27 people. What is that? That's a $8,100 hour? Uh, well, 20. No, 8100 8, How much a month? Why is my math off? 27 times three. Well, no, it was 27 people per class, but so, we had like 150 members. Okay, so you're pulling so, in 30, 45 Gs a month. Yeah. Just off the boot just camp. Just off the boot camp. And then we had the... Oh, you were balling back training. in the day. Yeah. And I you mean, still wore those New Balances. <laughs> Living below <laughs> your knees. shoes. Yeah. That's what I got my Vivos. Yeah. But there you go. So, But how many hours was that 45,000 to get in? How many hours a month? Uh, so we, we had classes at uh, 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m., and then 5.30 p.m., 6.30 p.m. So you had six classes. I just I think people need to hear this because this is how you can actually scale... Yeah. Um, the big thing with a lot of people is they don't want to scale because they feel like the quality of training is going to be degraded right. or like you're, it's it's just another group exercise class, but you can build it out. Four times a week? Three times a week. Okay. So 18 hours a week times 4.5. So 81 hours. So just so people understand, it was five 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 point five five five. There you go. Yeah. So that's a $500 hour when you do it that way. How many people exactly. can charge that one-on-one? -on -one? Yeah. I mean... Only the Poliquins can charge. No, and but not Paul even. But not even that. that. But how many people can afford five hundred dollars an hour? Right. It's something I went through in my own little coaching business. Is like my one on one is a decent rate, and there's all these people who came to like my breathwork thing, and they, you know, I did a group breathwork, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, I should do some sort of group program because you can bring more people in, you're more effective. Like I'm doing this full time, so my coaching business is like a couple hours a week, mm -hmm. and I got to be very effective with those hours, but. Um, it's still diversifying yourself, even though it's the same vehicle, even though it's training, you're diversifying your offering. So it's like you have that group, then you had like the more exclusive group, then you had the, you know, yeah. The so you're, you're bringing in a lot of income a month. But then I think where you're also showing is like, just because you're bringing in more doesn't mean you spend more, you take that and you like throw it into these different things. Exactly. Like, so I, we did make, like, I made the mistake when we first started doing our boot camp. So we had uh, eight locations. Uh, we were doing outdoor boot camps, and we, at that time, with the eight locations, I was bringing in about sixty, seventy thousand dollars a month. Okay, um, and but we were spending a lot of that money. We spent a lot on education, which I don't think is that. I think that's an investment. But we also would spend a lot to get those clients in, doing like different types of marketing material and whatnot. So it wasn't as profitable and. You know, you see the money come in and you see the money go out and you're just hoping that you it know hits. that the money's coming in every month. But if you have one or two bad months, then you're in a tough spot. So we made a point of making sure not to do that, make that mistake again. And when we moved to the single location, we, yeah, whatever we made, there was a certain portion that was going towards our investments. So how should trainers think about that? You always hear pay yourself first. Absolutely. Can we go into that a bit? Yeah. I mean, I think you just want to reverse engineer it, right? So you have your rent, you have your expense, like your your food and whatnot, mm -hmm. and whatever that's going to cost. If it's if if it's too much, then figure out a way to live some like share a room or whatever. But you have your your basic costs. I get it when you're young and you're in fitness, you're going out a lot, but like I think now people 
go out way less than when we used to. They they hang out more at people's houses more so than. I, I, you know what though? I think people. Well, we. I'm I'm younger than you, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I think. Uh, so when I worked, I worked at Brand House. You remember that? Yeah. Chevelle West. So this is before Tinder. It was mm-hmm. packed. Yeah. Packed. Every like basically we were guaranteed a super busy Thursday, Friday, Saturday, guaranteed. Yeah. And then when Tinder came out, it was like Saturday, like Friday died, Thursday died. But people spend more on things like food, inter- like so they're still spending money. Yeah, just they're still spending money. But it's like for us, it was it was going out to the bar and drinking, and mm-hmm. you would spend it there. So there's always a way to spend money. And listen, there's all these. Everybody's trying to get your dollars. Yeah, but you just have to be responsible and and not give into that. Yep. So like it's your food, your basic necessities. I would always put a portion away for education because I think that's a big investment, especially when you're young. Um, and then you fig- like you figure out how much you need to make to cover those basics. And then if what you're making is not enough to cover those basics, then you have an earning problem. You have to try to earn a bit more. But if you're earning a bunch and you're, it, there's still a, a, there's a gap between what you're, uh, what you're earning and what your expenses are, and you're still not able to save, and that means you're spending too yeah, much. Yeah, so I had a friend, James Hogan, who had to put this into my... I was making, at the time, maybe 60K a year Canadian after tax. Like, it sounds... To Americans, 60K Canadian is a lot less than 60,000 yeah. US, especially with taxes. Yeah, so... And he was like, just start with 200 bucks a month. And I'm like, ah, what is that going to do? What you told me. Like, yeah, you don't understand the long term. So you hear 200 bucks a month, and you're like... I mean, listen. <laughs> but then at the end of the year, it's 2,400. And then it grew 10%. And then and then you start learning. And it's almost like building the habit. It's like when you guys are coaching people and it's like, you're going to split squat or Paula Quinn step up. Then you're going to split squat. Now we're going to get under, you know, you're going to do goblet squats. And we'll get under the same idea. You start building that muscle, just getting you to think about putting stuff away yeah. to start earning you. I think, listen, I was guilty of this too. When you're When you're starting out and you're making a bit of money, you're like, oh, you know, I've got lots of time and I can, when I start making, you know, I don't have enough to put away now, but when I start making more, then I'll start putting some away. And, you know, you always end up finding a way to spend it. Uh, but the other thing that young people have is time on their side, right? So there's something called compounding, right? And I think Tony Robbins explains no. this really well. Warren Buffett. Right? And Warren Buffett yeah. too. But if you... If yeah, here's that book, Unshakable. 18 years old, and yeah. you start putting away, I think it's $300 a month at 18 years old, and you just do it for seven years. You, by the time, and you put it away in like an investment, by the time you're 65, you'll have like something like three or four million. I can't remember the no, number. No, it's not. It's not that actually, much, but it's. But you're right. But yeah. then if you, if you start later, somebody who starts at 30 or 35, then they have to invest 300 and they have to invest it not just for seven years, but for like 30 years until they're 65 and they still don't make as much. How to turn 300 a month into 1.8 million. Yeah. So it's 1.8 million. And if you start later, you can't make that 1.8 because when you start investing, it starts compounding and you're making money on your money. So I think we kind of have it backwards. We try to we try to wait until we're making more to, to save more, but. My biggest regret, I was a server and I made a ton of cash. Oh, and there was this one, actually this one I was a bar back. It's one bartender. She, bartender servers have a hard time renting because we don't make a lot. We don't yeah, make, the, paper, we, I don't do it anymore. But yeah, you're not making any money on paper. Yeah. So she was like, oh, I got a genius idea. She bought a triplex with all of her 
like she she was making tons of cash, but yeah. she bought a triplex, put the down payment, whatever. She's like, only I'll, I'll rent to bartenders because I know them. I know they have the money. Yeah. Filled it up. Bought a second triplex, brought a third triplex. She was like 30 something years old, three pieces of property in Toronto triplexes. Very smart. I'm sure she has 15, 20 million dollars in the bank, but yeah. it came from those like really careful, smart. I'm going to shamelessly plug this, but like, if you think that way about supplements, let's say you just say, Hey, all my supplemental income, pun intended, goes into projects. So let's yeah. say you make an extra $1,500 a month out of supplements. And you're like, you know what? I'm not even going to touch that. It's not mine. That goes into whatever fund at the end of the year, you got 18 grand. And then it's like growing, even if yeah, it grows 5% absolutely. a year, it's like you, that's sort of how I've always tried to think like my coaching income, I don't touch. Yeah. You know, it gets invested back into the business or maybe I'll, like, as you said, I'll invest in education, but like, I try to keep that as like investment money now. There's another Tony Robbins analogy that I'll, I'll use. Like he talks about if the government came and raised your taxes and you had to pay them, you would figure out a way to make sure you paid them. So (laughs) why aren't you just paying yourself? Like when you make that money, you're going to figure out a way to make that extra money to pay the government. So when you make that extra money, don't go spending it on whatever. Just but, pretend you didn't make that money and don't even look at but it. Here's, it yeah, away. exactly. But here's the paradox. If you're a happier, healthier individual, you're not stressing yourself out. You're less likely to have compulsive buys, which means you're going to have more money, which sure. means then you can invest. So it's like figuring, just understanding that whole idea of like, fix your own health, fix your own perspe- perspective in life, be happier, have fun at, you know, doing whatever be in like a help, be in healthy relationships, all those things. And then, um, like you talk about connection a lot on your posts, like being important. Yeah. And it's like, we under appreciate the power that those things have. And we use money as a scorecard, but like, if you have all those things, you tend to have more money. Cause you're, you know, when you're, when you're like not happy in your life, what are you going to reach for? You're going to reach for things to give you that. Yeah. Quick you're fix. filling a void. Yeah. And those quick fixes are expensive. Yeah. You're, that's basically like most of the, t- most of the purchases we make are trying to fill a void yeah. that is not really getting filled by those purchases. Correct. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, talking about connection, that's one of the, so in my modern day gladiator program, which is the men's coaching program, we talk about eight pillars of living a modern day gladiator lifestyle. And one of them is connection right it's not only connection with earth and you know we talk about grounding and all that stuff but it's connection with family connection connection with your uh your friends Mm -hmm. i feel like as you get older you start losing that and it's something that people long for because you know it doesn't matter how much money you have or whatever if you're alone and lonely that's not that's not what we want at the end of the day either right Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think when you have like you know there's a guy i know his name's roberto and he owns, uh, he, sorry, he works at my friend's organic farm in Panama. Mm-hmm. My friend owns a farm in Panama. Yeah. The guy has, like, if you he ever hears this, he's like, Jordan, I have more than this. But he, I just use it as, like, he probably has, like, handful of shirts, handful of shorts, has his truck. Yeah. He lives on the farm. He has his amazing partner. Guy has perfect posture, happy, healthy, richest guy I know. That's how I describe it. Yeah. Like, he doesn't, so it's like, if we can fill that happiness chemical with other things and purchases and you can be stoic with your money, you can build, cause I, I would love to solve, you know, I love strength. I love the strength coaching community. I love personal trainers. Yeah. I would love to solve and like, how do we get you to retire? Because it's a relatively new industry. As you said, there's no, um, 
There's pension. no pension or anything. Yeah. So it's like, what could we do to help these trainers get to a point where they're retiring and they're enjoying their life and they have a path similar to other professions? Because, you know, you make a hundred bucks an hour, you do eight hours a day, $800 a day. It's not a bad day. It's not a bad day. At but all. it's like, how do we make you understand you got to use that money? Pretend you only make 300 a day, use the 500. And over time, you're going to like really ramp your life up. Or, you know, actually one of my friends, Andrew Baker, he set it up that he only works four days a week. Yeah, that's great. He works on his business, but like he has training days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Friday, or Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. And maybe the odd weekend thing, but it's like he rams those hours and then he enjoys his life. Yeah, that's, and, that's key. I yeah. did that too when I first started. When I first started training, I made a point of, uh, you know, I, I, I would start my day at 10 a.m. and I would do... 10 to three training clients back to back. And then I would work out for two hours and then I would train from five to seven or five to eight, four days a week. And then I would take Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. And that was great. She's wearing the new balances. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't even think you own new balances, do you? <laughs> I still have those do you? shoes. Yeah, I've got, I, I wear my Vivos. I have them right here. Yeah, I've got like, Vivos. I've got my three, I got four pairs of those actually. Cause I wear them even when I'm doing real estate. I wear, I, I don't care. Like I the Vibrams them. or Vivos? The so toe I wear the, shoes? No, no, no. Not the Vibrams. Not that. Oh, the you don't have, you don't have that much confidence? No. Well, I, I have a pair, but I just don't wear them. <laughs> actually they, they ripped and I haven't gotten another pair. But I can get you a pair. The they Vivo work with us sometimes. The Vivo Barefoots, I love them. They've got some shoes that work with like jeans and. Yeah, look and, here. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've got the, 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 the trainers. So I've got four pairs of those. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you mentioned a few times like education is, oh man, when, when you start listening to yourself on podcasts, I, I heard me say the so um, and I say that often and I'm trying to improve my, you ever go to Toastmasters? I, I haven't gone to Toastmasters, but uh, I know some people who have. Yeah. And they like, they're super critical. Yeah. It's like, so um, like kill that. So, so um, uh, <laughs> you mentioned... Uh, you mentioned education as being a cornerstone for investment. Like you should invest in education because you'll improve your earning potential, you'll improve your life. So yeah. again, this isn't financial advice, but let's say you're a trainer and you're making 5,000 a month mm -hmm. US. Your rent's 1,500 bucks a month. Yeah. You have $3,500 left. Yeah. How would you divvy that up? Education, um, investing, you know, real estate or whatever, sign income, like how would you divvy that up? So you have $1,500 a month, that's your rent, 3,500 is left, you gotta buy food, all that stuff like. Yeah, so if you've got 3,500 left, let's let's say your food and all that other stuff is another 800 to 1,000, so you got 2,500 left. I mean, it, all, it really depends where you're, what you're earning, uh, like at 5,000 and what, I mean, that's not a ton of money. I wouldn't, when you're young, I wouldn't put as much as I can into education. I would probably put 80% of what I'm saving into education and the other 20% into, um, into investments yep. so that you can increase your earning potential as fast as possible. So that 5,000 will turn into $10,000 a month. And what have you been your favorite, because um, education is a key thing of DFS, but like what have been your favorite courses mentors work what could people look at you know i i'm a big uh paul check guy uh i've done his holistic lifestyle coaching and i've done his 
I can't remember what they've changed the name now, but when it was, I did like the, uh, the golfing, uh, stroll for something, right? No, it was just like programming for, uh, for athletes. Right. And he used golf as the, it was like the bio, bio mechanical course, whatever it is. But I just think that, um, that's a, that's encompassing the full human, right? Because as trainers, you're going to train somebody, but the, what's going on in their life is going to have an impact on it, whether they're going, whether they're going through a divorce or the type of quality of food they're eating. So that's going to play a role in how you coach them. And cause you know, we don't, we can't differentiate stresses. We, we put it all into one stress bucket. So if you've got environmental stress, if you've got life stress, it's going to affect how you're able to perform in the gym. And if you add that gym stress to it, sometimes you're overflowing that bucket. And I think that the, the, the check system, the check Academy really has a fantastic way of dealing with the whole human and looking at both sides of it to be able to help with your programming. So I like that. I mean, Czech and Poliquin started out a long time ago friends. working together. <laughs> yeah, I well, I, I think they were friends and then they kind of drifted and then they became close again or they, they had admiration for each yep. other. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the Poliquin stuff and the Czech stuff is very similar on the uh, the fitness side. Um, and then check went into like the holistic lifestyle coaching side, which looked at the other factors. And I think later on in Pollock, when Charles is big in that too. Yeah. But I think, you know, what you've, what you're sort of highlighting is like, go deep with something. Yeah. Like you picked Paul check or some people pick Poliquin, but you, you know, when you go deep into a system that you respect, um, you can really fully understand it. Yeah. I mean, you can't just do like a weekend course and expect to know everything. (laughs) So no. go deep and, and then implement, like you, you learn something and then implement. And the more hours you have under your belt implementing, you're going to see stuff on your own and you're going to be able to grow that way yeah, too. Sorry, I these. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, when we end these episodes, I really like to highlight like three main things. Mm-hmm. So I think the first thing is like, uh, what's that line you use? Like, we overestimate how quickly we can get stuff done and we underestimate the effect of like slow. Yeah, we underestimate what we can do in, in a long period of time. Long term and we overestimate what we can do in the short term. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, I think the theme of it is like learn to use your money to work for you mm-hmm. and be open to learning how to have different income streams. Even if you just want to coach, like have the group coaching, the one-on-one, the programs, have the supplements. Yeah. Figure out ways to make more per hour yeah. if you're working per hour. So, um, so um, if people want to find you, yeah, where can they find you? So they can find me on Instagram at Roger Nahas. Uh, they can find N A H A S N A H A S. They can go to uh, Modern Day Gladiator on Instagram as well, mm-hmm. or they can go to rogernahas.com for the real estate side yeah. of stuff. And I'm sure if like coaches have questions, they can just DM you there. And, yeah. I'd love yeah. to. I mean, I think it's great uh, to be able to help people who really think that real estate is beyond their means because they're a trainer and because they don't, have, they'll, they feel like they've never, they'll never be able to. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to help them uh, figure out ways that they can get it and show them how they still can. Perfect. If you guys want to find me, born underscore a underscore boxer. My name is Jordan Boxer. I'm your host, Roger. Thank you for coming. And we will see you next time. 
Thank you again for joining us in Leaders in Sport. I'm your host, Jordan Boxer, and we just want to thank you from everyone at Designs for Sport for giving us your time and attention. We hope to continue to bring you episodes that will help pique your interest and help you elevate your career so we can elevate the industry. Thank you.